Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 51 of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And I'm here with my good friend, our media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. My friend Josh had a migraine earlier, but he got taken care of. Yep. Thank you to longtime listener, Justin Haskin. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Thank you, Justin, for making it happen. So if you do suffer from migraines, go see the people at the Migraine and Spine Clinic. I think that's what it's called. I think that's what it's called. But Justin and his people are fantastic, <laughs> and they'll take care of you. There you go. Uh, 15 minutes after he did the thing, I'm good. I know. I was surprised you sent me a text. You're like, hey, I'm actually good, because I thought we were going to record tomorrow. And you're like, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, he's you know, he's not, like, you know, high or anything, so you you seem okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah just, he just your head didn't hurt. Gave me a couple shots, and I'm good. Listen, Josh, we got to get to the bottom of something. Ah, uh, Yeah. You bummed a lot of people out last week. Apparently. And um, they're concerned about you and your dislike for Thanksgiving. And so I just need to know how it went. Well, okay, so this was <laughs> this was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. See. And he, here's the two caveats with D- that. Did someone, did someone cater with McDonald's? No, we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, okay. Everybody came to us mm-hmm. and Kara cooked some amazing food. Stuff that you like. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, she cooks stuff the way I like it. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, that was fantastic. And then my parents just brought meat, and um, it was just, it was really good. That's uh, great. It, it wasn't like driving two, two and a half mm-hmm. hours just to eat food, and then drive two and a half that hours you're back. you're like, meh, about. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So, it was a lot, a lot more pleasant well, that's, and enjoyable um, this year. I'm glad to know that. Did you go shopping? No. Didn't have to. Even better. And, you know, there's a lot of bad that's come out of the pandemic, but there's a, mm-hmm. also been a lot of good. Curbside. Curbside. At Chick-fil-A and other places. And Walmart. Oh, definitely. Curbside. The drive up at Walmart like, is ridiculous. Like, I, did you shop at Walmart much before curbside pickup? Um, I would, yes, but mm-hmm. I I really dreaded it, but I would. Well, and, uh, mm-hmm. We were Walmart shoppers pretty heavily. I haven't been in Walmart. In, I can't tell you the last time I've been in Walmart. It's probably been a year and a half. But I probably shop at Walmart more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because of the curbside. Target pickup is is really awesome, too, though. I have, an, I have another unpopular opinion I'm about to drop. Oh, no. Listen, I don't know if I can handle you dissing Thanksgiving and now Target. I don't know if I can. Target. This uh, might be our last podcast, friends, or at least the one with Josh in it, because I don't know if I can do this. Targets in bigger towns are great. Yes. The target here just seems like a Kmart. Well, I mean, if you do, if you've been to a super target, then yeah. I mean, honestly, this our target feels like a Kmart. It's not, but not mm. not the bad end of its life Kmart, like the '90s Kmart with the, <laughs> especially when it had like you could get the fancy lady combo, uh, popcorn, and can't a, do that anymore. I know, so I'm even sad about that. <laughs> but it was it's a. The good 90s Kmart. But mm-hmm. to me, our Target is, just doesn't have like the huge impact that other Targets do, like in Atlanta yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. To me, our Target just seems like a Kmart. Yeah, when I go home to see my family, we inevitably end up at a Target for something. My sister has to return something or something. I don't know. Um, and there's a Starbucks in the one we go to. Mm-hmm. And they have um, full-on grocery, not just like, yeah. a little bit. And they just have a lot more stuff, like mm-hmm. wider stuff. But I, I yeah, I, I like our Target here. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, no. That was like the that was the first place that Mallory went as a newborn. Like she really? and I to the to the Targets. Adeline yeah. really likes Target. Yeah. Be- the one dollar section. Because they are amazing at their at their <laughs> um uh I forgot what I used to know the term. Uh, but w- the way they sh- set up their shelves, mm-hmm. they have that little one dollar section. That's where they shut up their shelves. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're great at that. Yeah, but they ha- but credit to them because they know the demographic that's going to mm-hmm. pull people in there. Toys for little kids, mm-hmm. 
And then like little holiday things, little holiday teachers, things, teacher things, uh-huh. you know, for sure. And like small little, oh, my kid is having like a party. Mm-hmm. I need to grab some themed napkins real quick. Or oh, my kid's having a meltdown. Yes. Let me give them. Let this. me give them this <laughs> glow up ball. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad that your Thanksgiving was much better than you described. Um, to Typical. Th- your yeah. Thanksgivings in the past. So. Uh, how about you? It was great. Yeah, yeah we went over to uh, my in-laws and uh, Drew's mom and stepdads and ate and hung out. And as I was about to take a nap, I thought, mm, you know, I'm going to go home and do that. So <laughs> after a couple hours, I went home and that yeah. yeah that that was before I got married. That was one good thing about holidays is all both my grandparents lived in town. Mm-hmm. So you do one like lunch at one and then dinner at the other, and mm-hmm. and it was like driving across town as opposed to driving to a different yeah, county. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. No. Well, so we are in episode 51. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, we've begun the season of Advent, so I thought, what better way than uh, let's talk about what it is. So, mm-hmm. um, And I'm going to say this to the parents that are listening. Uh-huh. I can't control what I say sometimes, about, <laughs> especially about Christmas. <laughs> So I'm going to give you five seconds to turn this off. <laughs> and you know why. <clears throat> five, four, three, two. Excellent. I move the elf on the shelf at night. <laughs> Santa's not real. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, we warned you. Yeah, some people are like, I can't believe, I don't know. We could go into a whole... Mallory knows that there's no Santa. Yeah. She's known always that there's no Santa. For some reason, she thinks there's a tooth fairy, but <laughs> whatever. I think she's playing along at this point as a 10-year-old, but um, she's always known that, and it has not affected her wonder of the season at all. No. Um, but I, it's, I, it's not important to me. It's not. But it is to some people. Ooh, crazy story mm-hmm. is I, I have this, um, my youth pastor... Uh, the guy I call who my youth pastor is Henry Lincoln. He's a he just accepted lead uh, church in Orlando. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. His wife Kayla, who's an amazing woman, it was also a PK. Mm-hmm. That's a preacher's kid. Yep. Her he he didn't raise any of his kids to believe in Santa, and he was at this one church that was like so like almost accosted. Like they felt accosted that he didn't promote Santa in the church. What? And they'd have like, like this church would have like Santa come to the church and give gifts to the kids and all that. And he did away with that because Santa's not wow in the Bible, right? Right. They ran him out over Santa. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not against like, you know, if uh, I mean, yeah, we wouldn't have Santa like show up in the message series or something, but... You know, and I'm not against it at all, but I do think, um, I think there are, if someone wants to go toe-to-toe on about about Santa Claus and all that stuff, I'm like, well, I don't think that's really worth it, you know. Yeah. It's, I'd, I'd rather point point to, to Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what Advent does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that sometimes, I mean, if our kids know more about Santa and the elf that's on the shelf, and, you know... The Christmas carols with, that I love, because I love Christmas music. Yeah. If they know that stuff more than they know about the coming Christ and what it means, then I think as Christians, we've done a, we've we've done a disservice up. to our kids, mm-hmm. um, because they are in that stage. When, I mean, if they're, if they're capable of learning all of that, mm-hmm. then, then it's not that, oh, well, they won't understand this Jesus stuff, you know? And there is a part of me, too, that's like... I mean, Mallory's at the age now where she knows she knows the difference between fiction and nonfiction, and you know, mm-hmm. make believe yeah. and all that stuff. Obviously, but um, it hasn't uh, changed her her wonder and excitement for for the season at right. all. So I don't know. Anyway, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. No, I mean, I just, but Advent is part of the. Yeah. We are in. We're not in the Christmas season technically. We're in nope. the Advent season. Yep. If you're talking about the Christian calendar, so today we're going to talk about calendars. <clears throat> when we talk about Advent, we're going to talk about Nazis. Yes, you heard right. And we're going to talk about chocolate and a lot of other things because they all have a connection to Advent. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for yep, this? Yes, let's okay, do it. So, so what? What is Advent? 
There was a little hook there for anyone who was like, what? Did I hear Nazis? Yes. Um, Advent, <clears throat> it's a season in the church. Some t- sometimes people that don't really know a lot about the seasons in the church might mix up Lent and Advent just because they kind of sound the same. Yeah. Before we get in, before we get into what Advent is, mm-hmm. uh, did you grow up with knowing what Advent was? Yes, because I grew up Catholic, and mm-hmm. the, and they are a liturgical yeah. church. And um, I mean, most of this stuff started from Catholics, but also Protestants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did know about Advent and Lent. Yeah, <clears throat> I did not. I grew up in a church that Advent wasn't recognized. I, I don't know if it wasn't recognized. It wasn't. There was no emphasis on sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. It seems that more Protestant churches are and have been embracing Lent leading up to Easter much more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then, and you'll hear them talk about it as opposed to talking about Advent, yeah. which I don't think it's like, oh no, we don't talk about that. But I do think there's a little bit of a a, a thread of well, we don't do that because that's very Catholic. I mean, that's kind of, you know like <clears throat> if it was. I grew up thinking that a lot about ritualistic things. Oh, yeah. Like, we we don't do the Lord's Supper every week because that's really Catholic. We, we don't light the candle because... We, <laughs> yeah. Right. We don't read in Latin. We don't <laughs> do all... We don't... That's very Catholic, and that's very wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, Advent... I don't even think I thought Advent was wrong. I don't... I didn't know... Any, I didn't know it existed. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like um, the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like I was an adult before I was exposed to that. Really? Yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. To, to I was exposed to both of those as an adult for the wow. first time. That's that's. I mean, I I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah. Well, well. So Advent is a it's a season in the year. If you look at the church year as as a calendar year, then Advent is one of the seasons. You know, just like we have you know fall and spring and winter and mm-hmm. summer. Well, there's Advent and there's Lent and there's a time of, of um, called ordinary time and there's the, there's these ordinary time I know right um, <laughs> and there are these seasons and they all build up and but in and this isn't just like a Methodist thing um, it's ob- observed in in many Christian denominations but it's all about and the word Advent we're gonna learn what it means in a moment but Advent is about this expectant waiting this expectancy uh, and preparing for mm-hmm. the birth of Christ and the return of Jesus again when he comes again in glory. Yeah. You know? So it's not just about, you know, seven pound, six pound, six ounce. He grew into a man. Baby Jesus. He had a beard. <laughs> um, now, most put a lot of emphasis on the beautiful birth than they do on the ugly death. Um, and uh, resurrection, yeah, yeah. because, well, it's a nicer story for church, mm-hmm. obviously. But without Easter, does Christmas matter? No, not at all. So, Exactly, and mm-hmm. and I think that's an important thing. Um, so the term, ad, the term Advent, it was taken from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming or arrival. And in the Greek, when, when so Latin was a language, when, the, when it gets translated into Greek, it's this word parousia. And it in the New Testament, parousia means it's all about the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you see that it's not just about, oh, a little baby Jesus was born, you know, in the manger in mm-hmm. Bethlehem. Like right. it's about the second coming, him returning again one day. Mm-hmm. Um, Advent always begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. Okay. So that's why this past Sunday, November 28th, was the first Sunday of Advent, because mm-hmm. there are four Sundays leading up. It ends on Christmas Eve. So there's four Sundays before Christmas Eve. So the first, so the first Sunday of Advent <clears throat> isn't necessarily always on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, or does it always work out that way? Um, it falls there sometimes, mm-hmm. but not always. Okay. So, um, so it's it, like Easter. It can move around mm-hmm. based on... Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but because there's a hard date on December 24th, it stays very close in there. Yeah. Um, in late November, possibly... By the 1st. Um, you're right. Yeah, I think that's the earliest. It can be 1st or 2nd. If I were looking at a calendar, I'd know. It, it's not known exactly when Advent began. Uh, historically, we know a couple of things. It We know it was in existence about 480 A.D., just because of some historical documents. 
Uh, we know that in 567 AD, uh, some monks were ordered to fast every day in the month of December until Christmas, so um, no stretchy pants were needed for them. Well, I mean, I don't know how you picture monks, uh-huh. but I picture bald guys in those giant robes. Yes. So well, they don't need stretchy pants. <laughs> they don't. I guess they didn't, so maybe it's just well, like... If, a... if they get fat, their robes just get shorter. <laughs> Um, now, in the Western Church, um, and I guess I should explain, in in 1504, no, 15, no, in, in 1054, yeah, um, the church split. And we talked about this way back yeah. when. Yeah. It, it, it split between the Eastern and Western Church. So, mm-hmm. like, what we know as the Roman Catholic Church today would be considered the Western Church, and in, like, the Greek Orthodox Church, what is the Eastern Church. We talked about that. We yeah, talked yeah. about the making of denominations and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they split. So when we refer to the Western Church, that, that's what we're talking about. Uh, and that includes us today, because all of the denominations that, you know, we're a part of have have their lineage going back to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that split in 1054, they call it the Great Schism. And we, but it, they, you know, you talk about your, uh, your church and how it had like a split about who could decorate or whatever. And you yeah. think, how petty. How, yeah. um, the, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that the, there was this schism bet- that ended up happening between the Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox Church mm-hmm. Was was over the debate on whether it was acceptable to use unleavened bread for the sacrament of communion or not, mm. like without yeast. Well, at least they're debating a sacred act. And yeah, sure. I mean, not the color of the drapes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess you're right. I but... mean, it's not it's not better. Yeah, but <clears throat> at least I can see they're debating something that goes back into that scripture. Goes to scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, th- so the first clear references in the Western Church, because the Orthodox Church does celebrate Advent, but they have some separate dates and times, and they they really kind of, they broke communion with one another, not like the, the bread and the wine, but even though it was about communion. But they, they, are, they are no longer, like, they're not together. So, mm-hmm. um, but the first clear references in the Western Church to Advent occur in this historical document called the Galatian Sacramentary. Ooh, that sounds really good. Um, it sounds like a delicious dish that you might have. Could you, can I have a second helping of that Galatian Sacramentary? When you add Sacramentary, cool, sure, but Galatian <laughs> just sounds like a Pokemon. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sacramentary is like, where'd you go to school? Well, I went to Wilson Sacramentary School. Mm, it, yes. Actually, I didn't go to Wilson. I went to Will Rogers Elementary School. Oh, the cowboy. We were the Will Rogers Ropers. 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 Okay. Lasso. Okay. And then I switched to another school, and we were the Acme Indians. Acme, yes, like the... Are they still the Indians? Um, Acme is no longer a school. It's really sad. Oh. But they would be in, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, yes. It's funny how I asked about the Indian and not the part of, of Acme. the Acme, you know, the cartoon uh-huh. company oh, that yeah. makes the bombs. Do you know what Acme stands for? I used to. It stands for excellence. Oh, no, I used to know the Looney Tune. Oh, yeah. No, the Acme acronym. means excellence, yeah. So, Anyway, so where Elementary, did we get, yeah. Elementary school I grew up in was the Nichols Redskins. Oh, are they still? They are still the Redskins. Hmm. Now, see, that is a term I think that that could change. <laughs> but I don't have a problem with Indians. Because Indians, I mean, it, it is. Choctaw, we call ourselves Indians. We yeah. don't say we're Choctaw Native Americans. We say we're Choctaw Indians. Mm-hmm. I like how we can always bring it back to Oklahoma. Uh, we just we have to at least once, I, I guess. I mean, you know. So I wore my boots on Sunday, by the way. Yeah. I had to wear them to church. Okay, so Galatian Sacramentary. Here, what is the deal about that? What's this? It was, it's it's the second oldest book. There is another one called the Verona Sacramentary, but it's it's a book that contained liturgy for the church. Like, basically, this is how to conduct a worship service. And it had the parts that the priest would say. It had the parts on how to do the Eucharist or the communion. Um it had in there Advent collects, um, the epistles, the gospels. Um, it had all the, the information for the Sundays. We know that Advent was celebrated because within that sacramentary was, here's what you preach on the five Sundays leading up to Christmas Eve. Mm. So, um, And they even had stuff for Wednesdays and Fridays. Now, we might know, you might know, listener, that you've heard the words epistles and gospels. 
what's a collect, because I said there's a collect in there. Uh, it's simply a prayer that's meant to gather up the intentions of the people and the focus of worship in a, in a succinct prayer. So it's a prayer you might hear me pray um, often at the end of a message where I am praying on behalf of all of us. Like okay. we're talking, you know, saying, yeah. Lord, you know, please show us your word, mm-hmm. you know, convict us. You know, so it's, it's kind of individualistic, but it's also collective. So mm-hmm. that's what a collect is. Um, so with the prayers and collect and epistles and the gospels, the, the Sunday readings, all that, it, re- it relates to the first coming of Christ as savior, as well as his second coming. So all the gospels that it says, you know, these are the, passages to read. Yeah. These are the epistles to read. These are the prayers that t- to be prayed. They're all focused on either the birth of Christ or the second coming of Christ. Okay. Now, normally what and it kind of depends, but originally for Advent, the first two Sundays in Advent were more focused on the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the last two Sundays of Advent were focused on the birth of Christ, leading up to that, you know, Christmas, yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I thought uh, there's some interesting practices uh, that other countries have around Advent, which are so completely not even out of Scripture, um, but they're just really strange. As is, all right. So, it, for instance, mm-hmm. there's Advent. Yep. And then there's what we call, then there's the whole, like, Christmas, like, what we're doing, like, not you and I, but, like, what's going on in our world right now. Right. Um, with shopping and, you know, Hallmark Channel and the Christmas movies and mm-hmm. and all the trappings of Christmas that really don't have anything to do with Jesus. Oh, I fall into those. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I, For sure. Like, don't care about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Love Christmas. Mm-hmm. Right, and so we have taken on all these different things. And that... I love the commercialized Christmas. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, I'm not, like, against it. So, yeah, I, I could see, especially with your marketing, you mm-hmm. know, business, all those things. But um, so we, I make that point that we have all these other things going on around Christmas that really are not focused on Jesus, right? Right. So... We know our American, our modern American version of that. Well, in England, now this is kind of back in the day, um, especially in the northern part of England, there was a custom, it, it's now extinct, which I think is a good thing, but uh, poor women would carry around what they called Advent dolls, and these dolls, there are two of them, they would be dressed, one to represent Jesus and one to represent Mary, and if they brought the dolls to you and showed you the dolls, then you were supposed to pay them half a penny. Mm. Um, so I guess that was just a way for them to make money. Yeah. But then it became a thing that if those if those women didn't, if those two dolls were not brought to you and presented to you sometime before Christmas Eve, then it was believed that you were going to have a bad luck in your home or with your family for the coming year. Oh, wow. So you were like, let's wear the dolls. Let's bring them on. You know, so like this, and became a thing. You know, who knows how, when, where, don't know. So that was one. How did it become extinct, do you know? I, I think people were like, that's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm no just idea. curious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that one. Um, in Normandy, France, um, this, I have no idea what this has to do with Advent, but it's a thing, or it was a thing. Farmers would pay kids that were under the age of 12 to run through the fields and their orchards um, armed with torches which just sounds totally safe. Sounds like a great idea. Let's give some torches to children near things that burn. I just think it's a great idea. Oh, that would be handing Mallory a torch right now. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. There's, I can think of some others. I'm like, I don't want you holding a torch. Yeah. But, um, but they were the farmers gave them to the kids, so they would, and they had these bundles of straw that they had set up, and the kids were supposed to burn the straw and... I guess the smoke and the fire and whatever is just was supposed to just drive out vermin, you know, rats and whatever, 
you know, rabbits, whatever's there that would be a problem to the crops that could damage them. So I guess they didn't burn down the crops. They just burnt down the straw bundles. There's got to be at least one famine tied to this by I, accident. I don't know. You know yeah. like a great fire of France or right. something. I'm thinking, or yeah, or either like everyone got sick from like rat poop or something. So yeah. they were like, we got to do something. Because yeah. it's going to drive them all to the yeah. city. So I don't know why. I think maybe it was like a special treat for the kids to get to do it. I don't know. I mean... We could say about some of the American things, what does that have to do with Christmas at all? And, and people be like, I don't know. Yeah. In we whatever ju- we just do it. Yeah. <laughs> we just did. In Rome, um, in the last days of Advent, leading, right before Christmas Eve, bagpipe players uh, mar- would march into the city and play um, before there would be a shrine of Mary. And, um, and in the Italian tradition... They did this because they believed that the shepherds played bagpipes or something like bagpipes when they came to the manger at Bethlehem to pay homage to the infant Jesus. So I don't, I don't know. So I, I know, you know, I guess they showed up and played Amazing Grace because that's pretty much all I hear. I thought bagpipes, bagpipes came from like Scotland. Well, you know, maybe. I don't know that. <laughs> so. I love I love good bagpipe though I'm not kidding I, I really do so yeah we uh, had bagpipes at my mother's funeral and and they played Amazing Grace and it was it was beautiful I think the only time I've actually seen bagpipes played in person was at like a Civil War reenactment mm, yeah so there's something about it it's it's got an I don't know there's it, something it's about in, it. I don't know if I like it but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not like I've got a bagpipe, you know, like playlist on Pandora or Spotify that I'm listening to, so. <laughs> but anyway, um, so now since 2011, this I thought was interesting, in Germany, they they made an Advent labyrinth, and it and it's made of 2,500 tea lights. That's, labyrinth. Yeah, like a maze. Okay. Um, but it's more like a prayer labyrinth, so it's not really walls. It's just, it's probably flat on the ground, and you could look and see a design, and you're supposed to walk uh, okay. it. okay. Like a prayer labyrinth. A lot of people would pray okay. through that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so an Advent labyrinth consisting of 2,500 tea lights, again, not a fire hazard at all, uh, was made, and they put it up out, I guess, on the third Saturday of Advent, and they do that in Germany. So, um <clears throat> So in recent times, and by recent I mean like, you know, the 1800s, um, back when I was in high school. Um, but in recent times, what? The, the, the most the most common observance of Advent, which we do continue to today, has been this idea of keeping an Advent calendar, which some people probably do that and they don't even know it. But it's like the countdown to Christmas, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which could be, I don't know who's at TBS or someone does something like Countdown to Christmas with all the movies. But like we have a flannel calendar and it starts on December 1st and goes to the 24th. And each each day is a little pocket sewn onto mm-hmm. the flannel. And there's a little gingerbread man. That you move over? Yes. Yeah. So you don't have like the one where you open it and there's a gift or something? Well, it can be. that. I mean, but like a lot, that's the version we have. But there's mm-hmm. tons. You could go to any... You could go to Walmart or Target or anywhere, right? You go to the to Walgreens or the dollar store and buy an advent calendar. Now, it might not say advent calendar. It might say Christmas calendar or whatever, but it's a countdown. Mm. And all this started with, this was part of advent, was the countdown to, see, and we've you know, totally jacked it up because we're like, countdown to getting presents. Yeah, and see, I'd, the, the <laughs> calendar thing wasn't a thing in my house either. <coughs> right. Yeah, so. and ours was um, open the little door and get a piece of chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Like that—that that was news to me that they did that. Yeah. I was an adult when I saw that for yeah. the first time too. And I don't know how many like Americans actually like practice that, but it's really cool. I was looking at some stuff online, and there's something called. I encourage y'all if you're interested in doing something with your family, um, doing you know uh, with little kids, mm, medium kids, schmedium kids, schmedium. Um, Big kids. But you can go to the Advent Compe- adventconspiracy.com, and they have, like, family devotionals you can do during the Advent season, um, prayers you can pray. Oh, that's cool. And um, a lot of things for different age children and stuff, and uh, I encourage you guys to do that. So, but in, in recent times, like I said, the Advent calendar and what we know as, like, the Advent wreath is something that um, is done to help us 
count the time. Right. Mark the time leading mm-hmm. up to Christmas Eve. Um, so the first day of Advent for a lot of people, it starts the Christmas season. That's what we think. Um, and see now here in the States, most, well, I say most, you guys have your tree up yet? Yeah, we put it up Thursday night. So after the Thanksgiving festivities, mm-hmm. yeah. We usually have put it up like either Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people I know put it up as decorations for Thanksgiving. Like yeah. They go ahead and put it up. Like we're going to decorate for Like if people. they have people coming over, yeah. they'll go ahead and get everything decorated. Yeah. So um, the concept of, uh, so let's talk about the Advent wreath for a minute. Um, the Advent wreath, which we have one in our auditorium. So we do. We put one out, yeah, um, for the first time. We've done that. Um, but that whole concept started, I love this, mm-hmm. <laughs> the history behind this one. Um, it started among German Lutherans in the 16th century. Um, but it really wasn't until like three centuries later that it, it really kind of became more well-known and practiced. And <laughs> the modern Advent wreath, with so like with its candles representing the Sundays of Advent, it started in um, the modern one in 1839 by a, a German pastor named Johann Heinrich Wickern, and um, he was like I said a pastor. He's also he did a lot of missionary work and outreach to the poor mm-hmm. in like the larger cities, and he was known for this. And so he would come and do teachings to children and. In view of their impatience, because they just couldn't sit still and whatever, he taught um, about the season and Advent. He said, well, he made a ring of wood, and he put these candles in them, and he, with each candle, he taught a lesson, like, about Advent. So, like, we have our themes of hope and joy and peace and love during mm-hmm. Advent. Right. And so he used those candles as a way to get the children's attention um, as he taught the lessons, which I think is funny because now here we are adults and we're going, Oh, the Advent candles. Awesome. And it's like, Oh, a remembrance. Mm, like, like yeah. our, we have the same, you know, capacity for paying attention as little children did in Germany in the uh, 1800s. They, so. they probably had better. Yeah. And by the way, when I mentioned Nazis earlier, I'm not talking about these Germans right here. Okay. I'm just saying this is that. So pre, this, is, this is pre, pre great war. Pre, yeah. Yes. So the Advent wreath. And so we, with um, our understanding of it, and we practice this, um, we have a candle lit for each Sunday. So we had one lit this past Sunday. This Sunday we will have um, two candles lit, and then we'll move forward until Christmas Eve, and all the candles will be lit on on our Advent candle wreath. Um, But there's also, yeah. Now, um, in the liturgy, you light a specific candle representing a certain uh, facet of Advent each week. So this week mm-hmm. we lit the hope candle. Yeah, and let let me just say this for those who are super up on everything. November 28th was hope, was the theme of hope for Advent. But because we were concluding our Exodus series, mm-hmm. we didn't really go into that. So I'm going to talk about hope this week. Yep. And then two... Uh, this Monday night at our worship night, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about um, preparation and peace, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to do that through the Psalms, which is going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and seven o'clock. Yep, seven o'clock, and and then we'll be back on track um, on the twelfth for the third week. Yes, with um, I don't know, so um, peace. I think, or joy. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll look and see. So, um, Advent calendars, um, in one form or another, so they were, you know, we talked about the ones we have. They were adapted sometime in the 19th century, again, by German Lutherans. A lot, a lot, a lot of our Christmas um, historical understanding as we know it, like even separated from, from Jesus is, yeah, is goes back to, to, to Ger- Germany. Germanic, yeah, there was a lot of Germanic traditions. influence. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. It, it, Cause it went from Germany to England. Like, mm-hmm. cause the German, this is showing my history buff side, the German, uh, region of Europe, the Germania 
region of Europe was like the biggest um, <coughs> opponent of the Roman Empire for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot larger than the uh, British Empire <coughs> that has, was really new at the time. So a lot of the things that we associate with England actually came from Germ the Germania yes. area and people first. Yeah. And then so what you're seeing in England is actually a adoption of the Germ mm -hmm. Germanic traditions that have tri trickled over to the U.S. during colonization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And some people are now asleep. Well, if, if I didn't already, so we, we got them good. So with these calendars, um, at first, German Protestants, so by this point now, the Catholic Church and the Protestants, there had been a split there from, again, in Germany with the 95 Theses. Mm-hmm. Na nailed Mar to the door with Martin Luther. On Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween. <laughs> and um, I don't think that was the reason, but yeah. Um, well, it kind of was. It kind of was. It was, it was All Saints yeah. Day. Um, but at first, German Protestants, they would, they would mark the days of Advent either by burning a candle for that day, or they would just mark the walls or a door with a line of chalk each day. So pretty basic. Yeah. Everyone had candles, there was, you know, and, and that. But then this new practice started coming up of hanging a devotional image every day that ultimately led to the creation of, uh, of course, at first it was like handmade and wooden, but like these advent calendars. So we know of one that was made in like 1851. So in the grand scheme of things, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. Um and then they started, you know, to come up with, like, cardboard and things like that. So it became much more available, less expensive. Sometime in the early 1900s, they started to print calendars. Um, so they were even just paper, like, as far as just looking at it. Um, and then they would add on these little small doors in the 1920s. Um, if they were trying to be Christ-focused, they would have short Bible verses behind the doors with a picture, like some sort of, you know, picture of... Jesus or shepherds or something like that. Um, now, super side note, and this is where we get into the Nazis, okay? <laughs> All right. This was, I just, when I was reading up on the Advent calendars, I was like, what? I had no idea. Like, who knew? And, and I don't know if a lot of our people will know about this until we tell them. But so, so when, when Nazi Germany was in power, they, like a lot of things, they attempted to change Christmas from a religious holiday to an occasion to just praise the, the fatherland because, you know, Jesus's Jewish origins just were a little bit troublesome for the Nazis. Well, and <laughs> just a little troublesome for their racist the, uh, ideology. It's, it's so funny that they were because uh, <clears throat> Hitler also had a sec, like a section of the SS mm -hmm. that would look for like the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail and the are you spear. Just, are you just quoting from Indiana Jones? No. This is this is a thing. Like they actually sought <laughs> yeah. out all these items. Mm -hmm. Like they they didn't want a, a Jew to be um, to have that to have to no to be like the god of everything. But if he but if he was, he was going to find everything that made him powerful and take it for himself. Wow, delusion. But, anyone? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we know. Uh, it, in 1943, a full-color calendar was produced by the Third Reich, the Nazis, for distribution to German mothers because it was 1943, so either mm -hmm. their husbands were dead or they were fighting because World War II. Um, and it, it included, among other things, designs that had swastikas and other Nazi symbols. And so they were just out to transform Christmas from a Christian holiday to a celebration of the family in their in their national socialist context. And the job was actually a little bit easier for them since the German word for Christmas, which is Weihnachten, uh, it avoids a, a specific mention of Jesus at all. So it's not like they even had to change it because the German word Weihnachten means consecrated or it means holy night. Mm -hmm. Um. And so on one particular day in, in the Nazified calendar, um, it has pictures that appear to tell the... This is interesting. It has these pictures that appear to tell the traditional Christmas story. Like there's a picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby, Jesus in the manger. But the text that goes with the pictures um, is it's about a woodcutter and a sh soldier and a king 
and who all get lost in the woods and they encounter a woman with a baby who has wise wise words for them and um it, it's just so that's, strange that's weird yeah it's just really weird <laughs> so it's like they were like and eh, let's not talk about like god's promise and you know the hope for humanity and but all we'll, that but we'll stick the pictures they just put a folklore yeah you know I, I I think I think it uh, just says that they were covering their own butts because they put it there just in case it's right. Uh huh. Well, I think yeah. Well, if anyone was good at propaganda, oh, he was the <laughs> the, the, the Nazis. You know, marketing machines. Props to them? No, no, never. I props. mean, <laughs> never I'm, props. I'm just I'm joking. So so following the war, people are like, oh my goodness. Following the war, Christian these Christian themed advent calendars made their way back, um, like they returned to the scene because they're like, "Hey, we're gonna put Christ back in Christmas," and um, and and then these calendars actually, this is when they picked up a lot of, I don't know, steam, if you will, because they made their way stateside because of the um, World War Two. Yeah, Coming the soldiers back. would Coming bring back, them back yeah. as like gifts and things, and then they got a huge boost in popularity. When a like a December issue of Newsweek had um, Dwight Eisenhower with his grandchildren, and they were going through an advent calendar that was in 1953, and that's when they just really took off. And so they started to be filled with chocolates, like I mentioned earlier, um, and they just kind of went everywhere. But I think, like a lot of things, Josh, it was like, oh, this is countdown to Christmas and getting presents and mm-hmm. not remembering. Christ's birth and Christ's second coming. So, um, they're just a calendar counting down the days. You yeah, know, to find you, you can even find like YouTubers that'll do like these really over the top calendars, and they'll they'll do a video of them opening one of the boxes every day. Really? But it'll have like a PlayStation Five in it, or what? Yeah, or a, oh my gosh, or like a key to Porsche or something. Like it's these really like. Like, I think you can find one on YouTube, the Million Dollar Advent Calendar. Wow. And it'll have, when it all totals together, it's like a million dollars worth of... Stuff. Stuff in there. Wow. Yeah. All about Jesus, man. You know that it. That is all about Jesus. Well, doesn't Jesus need a new Lamborghini? Yeah. And and if not, then he can get go in the woods and find a woodcutter and a <laughs> king and, and, and a wise woman, and, and, and they can tell him what's up. woman. Yeah. So, so back to Advent in general. <laughs> Uh, so, so Christmas came to be associated with the, the birth of Christ uh, as a result of it falling during the December solstice, right? That's the, the darkest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And so the coming of the light of the world, as Jesus is referred to, it made a lot of sense in so much darkness. And so within just a few centuries of church history, both Easter and Christmas took on this special meaning due to their use in commemorating the life of Jesus. So you've got almost like one side of the year is Easter and the other side of the year is Christmas, and you've got Lent leading up to Easter, and you've got Advent leading up to Christmas. And with the church, often Lent and Advent were both used uh, as a time of preparation for people to be baptized yeah, and to, and to become part of the church. Mm-hmm. It was a very long process. And it used to just be around Easter, uh, but under Constantine, I believe it was, uh, I don't have that in my notes, um, when Christianity became, became like everyone's going to be Christian, um, then they they didn't have enough room or space in the Lent season to get everyone prepared for baptism. So they, added, they made Advent be a part of that as well. Oh, okay. So that was a part of it. Um, you know, once December 25th became Christmas, and it was like a hard date, like this is the day, yeah. in the Western, right? Because the Orthodox don't celebrate the 25th of December. I don't know the date they do, but it's not exactly then. Right. Um, it it kind of became the center of gravity, <laughs> if you will, for the, for the later half of the year. So that perfect balance between Easter and Advent. And, and so Advent takes on this significance the same way Lent does, and both are about a preparation for the more significant season that's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, Lent is great, but it's really about Easter. Advent is great. Kind of like what you said, like without, you don't, who wants to just, you know, have Lent, L-E-N-T, that's the, you know, building up and preparing yeah. for Easter. 
without Easter. Yeah. You know, it's just... You wouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we didn't... Today I, I shared with you a little bit about just like the historical understanding of Advent. Like no one really knows where it came from. Like it's, there's nowhere in Scripture it's like, and on this day you will begin to do this, this, and this. Same mm-hmm. thing with Lent. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make it... Um, it's not something like we would say is required. Um, but I think anytime we are intentional about focusing on what the holiday, the holy day, mm-hmm. actually means, yeah. um, then I don't. I, that's not a horrible thing at all. Uh, when we put the focus on Christ, when we put the focus on what God has done, um, then that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, keeping the focus, that's mm-hmm. that's what's really important. Like keeping Christmas sacred as opposed to... Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Keeping the emphasis on Jesus, making it a sacred moment mm-hmm. in your year. Yep. And then... And I think it, it's interesting because the way Lent is set up, the Easter or the Sundays mm-hmm. don't actually count towards Lent, the the number of days, because each Sunday is a little Easter or something like that. Yeah, it's 40 days um, between but, Ash Wednesday and Easter... But the Sundays in there don't don't count because those are considered like like many Easter's. So because, like, because Sunday is so sacred, mm-hmm. and these seasons of Lent and Advent help us like refocus ourselves to be able to come mm-hmm. when we do our Christmas Eve service. Like the acknowledgement of the sacredness of what we're about to do. Right. And and Lent even goes as far as saying every Sunday is sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which which it is. But um, I, I really am looking forward to going through this and trying to keep my mind focused on the sacredness mm-hmm. of the season, not the commercialism of the season. Right, right. So this, this Sunday we're going to focus on hope and um, talk about, you know, how for a lot of us, hope is a term that we... we um, might be like, you know, if, if, if the circumstances play out and if this happens and that happens and all those dots connect, then I kind of have hope that, you know, whatever will mm-hmm. occur, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll get the job or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. But in, in context to Lent, to Advent and to scripture, our hope is not in circumstances at all. Our hope is in a person. Mm-hmm. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, almost in spite of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and um, to me, that's like you just said, like that's the focus that I want to have uh, this Advent season leading up to Christmas is that my hope is in Jesus. My hope isn't in maybe possibly some circumstances might occur that will make my life easier or better or whatever yeah. I want it to be. My hope is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be. Uh, focusing on this coming Sunday. And then, like I said, Monday night, 7 o'clock, we're going to have another night of worship. We're calling it an evening in the in the Psalms. Yep. And uh, you'll hear, we'll have a wonderful time of worship and some prayer. And um, some of our folks, um, I've asked some people to, to share some Psalms that have had impact on them mm-hmm. and, and how God has you know, spoke to them, spoken to them in that. And so I'm very much looking forward to that as well. So... So, yeah. So, um, what, what do we title this episode? Uh, uh, calendars, Nazis, and Chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> Is this Advent? <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit of history and a little bit of we don't understand why and a little bit of what Advent means now to us mm-hmm. in this time of year. So Well, and I, I probably should change how I'm going to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I should probably ask what's going on at Advent at the porch, but I'm going to ask... What's going on with Christmas at the porch <laughs> this year? So what all do we have coming up for yeah. Christmas? Well, so uh, December 5th and 12th uh, and, and are going to be, and the 19th and Christmas Eve are all focused on our Advent themes mm-hmm. of hope and peace and uh, joy and love. Um, and then on the 12th, our... Uh, Christmas impact backpacks are due back that right. day. Um, Which this year, uh, kudos to boom. everybody that got one. This is the first year we've ever had all backpacks go out in the first seven days. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's I'm incredible. So, yeah. so if you took one and you're 
thank you so much, and you're going to help that that child have an amazing Christmas. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, December 19th is our traditional, or our always, I guess traditional, it means it's a tradition. Annual? Yeah. Um, it's our music service, our Christmas music service. Our cantata. No, I don't, I don't want a cantata. I don't want to. I don't want a cantata with red sauce on it, <laughs> like we talked about. No, I'm just kidding. it's a it's a our music service at nine thirty and eleven as our our normal worship time. So that's always a great time, and the focus will be on um, love. I love think. that day, yeah. Um, so we'll have a little bit of Advent in there, and then on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. December twenty fourth, which is a Friday this year, we have two services at three and four thirty, and they're both candlelight services. Yep. And you can be a part of that, uh, either one of those. would be wonderful. And if you're listening and you've never come to a Christmas Eve yep. uh, service. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and amazing. Whether whether it's with us or, or not, because you're listening and, and you won't be here for this time of ho- all mm-hmm. the holidays, go find a church to go to on Christmas Eve because yep. the services that churches put together on Christmas Eve, every Sunday is sacred and special. But there's just something about being with your faith family on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's a beautiful time. It really is. Um, and then on December 26th, which is a Sunday, mm-hmm. we are going to have online-only service that yep. day at 11 o'clock. So we're going to give everyone a, a break, all the people that are responsible for making Sundays um, happen in regard to you know the details and the legwork that needs to happen. Be online only that day. So mm-hmm. I think did I cover it all? I don't know. I think I did. I think you did. Yeah. So, and of course that you'll be seeing that in social media and and um everywhere everywhere mm-hmm. very soon. Yep. So there you go, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, appreciate it. Hope. So we'll see you again next week. All right, porch community. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.